Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I have with me someone that's been on the podcast a couple of times before in the last few months, uh, James Lenhoff. He is the National Sales Director at GoodSense. And we're going to talk about something that it's kind of the focus for this month. We're in September of 2022, and our focus has been a lot on financial coaching. We've just done a virtual forum focused on, on that topic. We're going to have a coaching call in about a week, probably about the same time this podcast coming out. To really talk about financial coaching, because it is an aspect of our ministry. It's something that we need to prepare to offer. But as we talked about in the virtual forum session, when and how do we offer it? And James and the folks at GoodSense have a renewed version of their GoodSense coaching program that I want us to kind of unpack today. So he's agreed to come on and talk about it, help us to see how the philosophy and the process that they take to help coaches become better and we're going to have this available both in audio and uh, video format because we are going to share some specifics about the program itself. So if you're listening to this audio, there will be a link in the podcast notes so you can go to the video and maybe even uh, get the downloads of these contents so that you can know just what the program is all about. Uh, we want you to be informed as you make that decision. So, James, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Leo. I'm super excited to be back. I always enjoy talking with you. Yeah, same here. A kindred spirit, definitely enjoy every conversation we have. Uh, we think alike. We definitely are passionate about the same thing as many people that are listening to us are. Uh, so I'm excited for us uh, to discuss this topic because this is really important. This was something that I uh, was tasked to do. This was my main responsibility when I got into stewardship as a full-time uh, stewardship leader. And so it's something that I've been exposed to a lot. I've, I've done a lot of trial and error over the years. <laughs> and I've been through different coaching programs, so I'm excited to go dig into this. And I think what you guys offer and the way you do this program is very unique and I think very, very helpful. So first of all, just tell us what's the uh, really the reason for the program? What are you guys trying to accomplish through this? What's What do you feel are the most important parts of this that you want to make sure people understand and grow in as they go through this? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do is meet churches in this need that they're constantly being bombarded with people that say, I need help. And, and the assumption that we're making uh, is that you've done the work to lay some of the biblical foundation to say, this is what it looks like to be a faithful steward. These right. are the things you need to know. And so those people know those things. And, you know, clearly we would love to engage in Freed Up, which is our financial curriculum that is app-based for the church to go through. But let's say you've done that. And now people know how to do it. They have some familiarity with some of the foundational ideas. They know how to do a budget. They're just not doing it. They're mm -hmm. struggling. They're overwhelmed. They're underwater. They're scared. And so they turn to the church and they say, can anyone walk this with me and hold my hand? Right. That's what we're meeting is that moment. This is definitely not something where we're saying everybody needs to be coached. Everybody needs a one-on-one -on -one mentor around money. This is that person who's raising their hand and saying, I need that. Yeah. And then the church feels this obligation to then match them up with someone who's good at money mm. and can coach them. 
which is great. It's a great start. It's it's definitely the right direction. But then we have what ends up being kind of the wild west. That conversation is really inconsistent. If depending on who they talk to, they might have a completely different starting point. They might have a completely different tone. And their approach to how they think about money is being injected in that conversation. They just happen to be good at it and they're teaching them the way they do it. Yeah. Right. And so the church has this problem of the response and the way that the the participant or what we would call the client, we want to teach, we want to treat them with respect and dignity. They're not, you know, people in need or people who are struggling. They are our client and we are working with them. And so that client is saying, give me some of these resources, but what they're getting from the church can be really inconsistent, just depending on who the financial guru in the church is that raised their hand and said, I want to help people. Right. We're trying to solve that problem with technology. How do we take everyone through a self-study course? We don't need to get everybody in a room and force them to sit there for hours on end. They can do it on their time through an online learning system that allows them to progress through it. And what we see as the problem there is actually not what I think most people assume the problem is. Most people would assume that the problem is I need to make sure these coaches know how to do a budget Mm. uh, or they need to know how to read a balance sheet. They need to understand how debt works. I would argue the vast majority of people who who are volunteering to be a financial coach are already really good at that stuff. That's true. They're already in their sweet spot there, mm-hmm. right? It's why they so, offer to be part of it because they think they can offer something they already know. Exactly. Everybody wants to step into their strength and they're like, yeah, I'm really good at money. Let me teach somebody else how to be good at money, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, so we don't need to train them on that stuff. Tremendous. Like the, the focus doesn't need to be, you know, here's how debt works or, you know, we do cover those blocking and tackling things in our training, but it's not the focus. Right. The focus is how do you step into that relationship? How do you walk in and ask questions that don't trigger shame, that don't make the person feel stupid, that don't actually become demotivating because of the way you frame those questions? Yeah. Because a lot of times, and I'll give you an example of one. Let's say somebody walks in and they're overwhelmed and they already have a ton of shame about the fact that they're, they're having these money problems. And then the coach says, why on earth would you do that? <laughs> How did you get here? This is a train wreck, whatever, right? I mean, clearly that's an exaggerated Not a good example, <laughs> but it, it shuts down relationship. It destroys trust. Yeah. It makes people feel hopeless. And so if we aren't really intentional about how we approach relationships, how we ask questions with empathy, one of our biggest goals is to get to a place where people could step into this coaching work with their coach and have the focus be on their future Mm. because all that they focus on is their past. Right. One of my favorite lines or quotes is when you argue with your past, you lose, Mm. but only a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when you say, Oh, I should have done it this way, or I wish I'd have done that differently. Well, you didn't, and you're not going to, because it's, it's in the past. And so often the coaching relationship starts by arguing with their past. Yeah. We spend so much time saying, oh, you should have done this differently or, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. And then they have to tell us why they did it. They have to live in their past and rehash it. And it's a horrible experience. Yeah, it can definitely be that. No doubt. No. So what we want to do is emphasize the relational nature of coaching. This is not uh, really about the know-how. 
It's about the next right thing. So relationships formed on trust that then give the client the step-by-step process to say, here's what you do next. I know you're overwhelmed and there's a thousand things you need to do, but we're going to boil it down to your next three things. And when you're done with those three things, we'll give you three more. When you're done with those three things, because that's the work they can't do on their own. They're overwhelmed with all the uh, steps that would actually lead to them being successful and they can't get there. There's too many of them. The coach's job is to narrow that realm down to what the next priorities need to be. And that takes a lot of relational trust that you can blow up day one if you're not careful. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the challenges with people who want to be coaches is that they're coming to the table, like you said, with a lot of knowledge. They've done things, things that have worked. They've tried things that didn't work and then they adjusted. So they feel like they have the recipe for success, right? They, right. they know if you just do these things, you're going to be okay, just like I'm okay. That's right. The problem with that is that by doing that, you're projecting too much your own experience, your own background, your own, even your own personality. Uh, the biggest challenge I had when I was training coaches, and I trained a bunch of them when I was at Gateway, and the biggest challenge I had was the ones that were very A-type personalities who were very yep. systematic in their approach is that they would come. Uh, I remember I had this one, one gentleman. He was, I mean, he loved to serve. He had a good heart, yeah. but he was ex-military. Retired early, financially set, you know, single guy. And he came to each meeting with like a list of things that these people were now supposed to do. Like he was ready with do this, do this. He had a list like he was used to that. He was in the military. So that's right. I'll do what to do. I'll get it done. Right. And he just didn't have any success. And I kept I kept coaching him through that, saying, if you're coming to the table with preconceived ideas and advice before you've even asked a question. You're yeah. on the wrong foundation to begin That's with. Exactly right. And you're going to come across as a overbearing know-it-all that nobody's going to want to listen to. Yes. And it happened over and over and over again. And unfortunately, I hate to say this because I would never do this, but it was for the best of our members. I had to ask him to stop being a coach. Yeah. And so I didn't assign him cases anymore because I said, look, I love your passion. I know what you're trying to do, but this is a relational thing. This is not you being boss over somebody. This is in the yes. military. People will not just, you know, conform and salute and, and shape up and do right. No. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience and empathy. And, and so what I'm hearing you say, James, is that the coaching dynamics, everything that comes into that is more important because relationally people will connect and then be willing to be coached and guided and change as, as time will allow rather than just hear the script, follow it. Um, totally. Because that rarely, if ever, it works. So well, and particularly if you've already done the work to establish the quote unquote script yeah. and they're not following it, yeah, then that's not the problem. No. Nope. Right. The, the, the problem is they're overwhelmed and they don't even know where to start. And that is a relational challenge, not a knowledge challenge. They they know what they're supposed to be doing, right? We all know how to eat healthy. But when we're overwhelmed, yeah, we grab the donut because it, it feels better. Right. So these aren't math problems. That's right. They're not (laughs) math problems. They're emotional and spiritual problems. And those are relationally, you know, solved, not, you know, knowledge based. We got to get to a place where people feel safe and they're not going to come back if they don't feel safe. So that example you gave is exactly right. The person who comes in and says, I know exactly how to do this. Just follow my rules. Always do it the way that I say I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. That client is going to feel worse about themselves, not better. Right. Because they're like, well, if it was that easy, right, I would have already been doing those things. 
So what we need to do is give coaches the confidence to, to establish the relationship at the beginning. Don't let the client focus on their past. Don't constantly be dragging up things and saying, how did that happen? Why would you do that? Those types of questions shut everything down. We want to be talking about where they are now and where they're going. I have actually in coaching relationships with clients said to them, uh, I don't care how you got here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want you to try to tell me. Yeah. I love you and I will shut you down. If you say, well, what happened is I'm going to say, I don't care. I'm only worried about today forward, yep. right? Yep. We're not going to argue with our past. We'll lose. So we need to give the coaches those types of skills to be able to establish those, those foundational relationships. We also want to help coaches establish boundaries. What is expected? What is required? So what is expected of the uh, coach? What is expected of the client? How is this relationship going to work? And so part of the training is giving really clear guidelines on how to establish boundaries. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is what you're going to do in order to continue to get to meet with me. Right. right? Good. So we need to structure things in a way where uh, you are my client. I'm going to serve you, but you also have a role to play here where if you're not if we meet and you're not accomplishing any of these things that we said we needed to do, mm-hmm. we're not going to meet anymore. Right. 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 So that there's some momentum and some structure for the coach to know this is how this works. Um, we want to enable coaches to know if their client is making progress or not. That's right. one of the challenges we see a lot of times is that because there's not a system or a process that everyone is following in the coaching ministry, People feel great about the relationship, yeah. but the client's not actually getting anywhere, right? Right. So it's, yes, we need that relationship piece, but we also need structural step-by-step instruction. This is how we're going to move forward. And then they know that they're actually making progress with the client. And then the last piece is we need to establish this standard across the church. Mm-hmm. This is really our, our key. It's, it's not just where the standard is relational. It's also that the standard is this is the process we follow. And yes, you're going to bring your skill set and your know-how to that and inject your flavors. But we're not going to, for example, start with a debt repayment program. We're going to start with understanding their cash flow, tracking their cash flow, right? We're going to make sure every coach is starting at the same point. Right. Even if the client comes in with their hair on fire, I got to get my debt paid down. It's like, cool. We're going to get to that. This is where we start. Right. So we give coaches a really clear track to run on with every client they can repeat. And that means that the church knows that all their client coaching clients are getting the same process and the same teaching. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners. And frankly, we would want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Financial Planning Ministry. FPM exists to fund ministry by educating families and facilitating generosity in planned giving. We serve over 135 ministry partners and their community of members who are all part of God's kingdom. 
Organizations include Christian churches, universities, evangelistic associations, funding and lending institutions, missionary organizations, retirement homes, and youth camps. Through the promotion of Christ-centered stewardship and responsible estate planning, millions of dollars have been saved from probate and over $1.8 billion have been directed to Christian charities through planned giving. To learn more about financial planning ministry, visit us at fpm.org. Yeah, let me add something to that. I think the the overwhelming feeling we get as coaches or as leaders that are managing coaches is that we need to have something that's a very clear system in place that allows you to measure whether this is working or not. But we have a short time with these clients, right? We're not going to be with them for years and years and years. And so we have to create something that's basic enough to lay the foundation for what the process is like, stick to that process so that they know I'm making progress, which will make them feel like, okay, this is working. So that's where the coaching relationship becomes beneficial. There's a system, there's an expectation on both sides, and we're all doing something for the benefit of that client. I think everyone that's listening understand that there needs to be a very systematic approach to this. And I know Good Sense has that in there. So let's cover some of those lessons. How do you guys yep. walk people through that process? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And before we jump into that, I wanted to just add one thought because what you said was absolutely right. Uh, and I think actually one of the fears that is uh, hard, it may be hard to get volunteers to do the coaching work mm-hmm. is because they're actually afraid they're going to end up walking with these people for years. True. Right. You said we're not going to walk with them for years. And you're right. We shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times because there's no process and there's no accountability, there's no structure to it. There's this codependency that gets created and people are really afraid to be attached to yeah. tell me what to do. Babysit me. Hold my hand forever. It's like, oh, I did not sign up for this. Right. So so you need the system to make sure people have the confidence to step in. It's actually easier to recruit, I think volunteers when you can say we have a process and it will end yes (laughs) so that is is so so crucial glad you said that because i think a lot of i've lost a lot of coaches because they felt like they didn't have a way out but i built in early on in the process i built in uh and even coached them on how to end the relationship which put it on their radar that hey if this isn't going well leo said i can end this i have to say i'm sorry you're not doing your part that's right until you're ready we're here if you need us, but until you're ready, we're going to step away from this and let you kind of gather your thoughts, make sure you're still committed, and then let us know when you're ready to re-engage. That made a huge difference to retain coaches that were passionate about doing this because they didn't feel like they were signing up for something that, frankly, was going to be very difficult for them to walk away from because they didn't know how to do it. Yeah, so I think it's feeling to, to do right. that, to teach yeah. them that, hey, we have a system. If they don't abide by that system... We're going to have grace, but we're not going to completely throw away the the system because they're not following it. But at the same time, we're going to empower you as a coach to know when it's time to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop this, but we'll be here if you change your mind. Yep. Yep. That's great. All right. Let's go through the lessons. Yeah. So the lessons, it's all on an online learning system and it's all self-study. So whenever, you know, I mean, we've had coaches that have gone through it in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, technically, I guess you could do it in a day. It would be a heavy day. But uh, but we've also had coaches have done it in a couple of weeks. It's six different courses. And so those courses first start with what the coaching process is. 
So it's almost uh, kind of a review in a lot of ways of, hey, this is the overview of what the role of the coach is, what the process of coaching should look like. We rehash biblical financial principles and make sure that all of your coaches are aligned on this is what faithful stewardship looks like. And we talk about some of the coaching dynamics that you're going to deal with. The introduction to this is the point of being a coach. Then we talk about foundational skills. So what's the impact of the coach? What's the point, the role that the coach should be playing? This is the whole accountability conversation. I do this, you do that. I do this, you do that. What's that coach role? Uh, we talk about the five financial areas. So we talk about things like being a diligent earner, a prudent spender, a wise saver, a cautious debtor. Some of those financial concepts need to be kind of summed up and rehashed so that everybody's on the same page. Right. And we do it with this awareness that, hey, we know you're probably good at this. Mm-hmm. We know we're not telling you something you don't already know, but we're giving you the same language. So when you turn and coach, the clients are all getting consistent messaging and phrasing and, and language around it. Uh, So if I can interject, it also matches matches the good sense curriculum that a church might have already running. And if that's the case, then it matches that language, right? It matches steps and how you guys identify a good steward, which I think is great. So it's important to have that language because, again, people, when they're going through this process, they're trying to grab on to a new way of thinking about things. They thought about it in a certain way and they can't figure out why their way didn't work. But when you're beginning to lay down the biblical principles, you're reinforcing that, hey, this isn't just a, you know, being smart about money. This is about being a good steward. And there's a major difference between managing money and managing money God's way for God's purpose and for God's glory. That's right. And that has to be part of the process because we're not trying to just get people to be smart with money. Nothing no. wrong with that. We're trying to get people to be more engaged and intimate with God. That's right. At every level. That's right. So, These are spiritual issues, not math problems. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. Anyway, That's continue. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then after we've kind of set that foundation, the third step is we start to talk about preparing for the first meeting. Mm-hmm. And so this is a just a step-by-step process for people to evaluate the data that they're getting from the client. So there are all kinds of examples that we take the student through, the coach that's being trained, that helps to highlight that you're going to see data that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people put monthly uh, numbers in in some places and annual numbers in in other places. And you're going to see that they don't they are not filling the forms out the right way because they are struggling. Right. So we need to be able to pick up on some of those things and understand what they're trying to tell us in the data that they've given us. So what are the priorities that we need to start to establish? And we start to really get a familiarity with how to intake a new client. Mm-hmm. Then we spend a whole section on listening skills on how to actively listen, how to mirror, how to do reflective conversations, uh, build rapport, create safety in the conversation, how to ask questions that don't uh, create a sense of judgment or uh, that that could trigger some shame, and how to avoid the conversation about their past, which is what they're always going to want to do. They're going to talk about how they got here and why it made sense at the time, and we're going to shut them down. (laughs) So um, that's right. Then we're actually going to talk about, then we train in the fifth step is we actually train what the first meeting looks like. So we've prepared for it. We're, we know how to do listening and, and how to have great questions. Now, this is what you need to accomplish in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. And we walk through how we're going to use the forms that we give everyone as, the, as part of the training to prepare people for uh, their future. We're, we're not doing anything other than giving them point forward. This is what needs to happen. And so in that first meeting, we're aiming them at their future and giving them direction 
we're giving them homework assignments, we're helping them understand whether, like you said, Leo, whether it's an app or it's pen and paper, how are we going to be tracking and understanding how you're using God's money? Right. These are God's resources. A faithful steward will be able to tell him what they did right. with his resources. Yep. And then the last step, the sixth step is ongoing coaching. So what is the transaction, right? If, if we give you this, then what are you doing to earn, in other, in other words, another meeting? How do we do accountability? How do we move them forward and make sure we're measuring their progress, tracking to, to hold them accountable to the progress they've committed to? How do we reduce their debt over time? continue to apply those biblical principles. And ultimately, and this is really important, when do we know we're done? Mm-hmm. Right? So that sixth step is here's how you do it ongoing. And then this is when you know that we're closing the, the relationship. We, we're finished here. That's good. And it's either we're finished here because you won't make more progress because you're refusing to do the things you've been accountable to, or we're finished because we accomplished all the things we set out to do. But either yeah. way, we're finished, right? There's yeah, a- I, I love that because I think the the one thing that I've, every coach that I've ever worked with wants to know is that that end. Like, when do I finally stop? Because I can't take on the responsibility of coaching these people for the rest of their lives, right? That's right. And we right. know that in many situations, even two, three months is not going to make a huge difference in their finances. They're not going to be able to pay off all their debt and be debt free. They're not going to be able to... Right even make a ton of progress. So what are the actual goals as, as you guys have created this content and you're trying to train coaches, like, where do you want to leave them? What do you guys define as the end knowing that they still got a future and things to do and continue? What are those few things that you want them to have in place, both on a biblical and practical level so that you feel confident that, okay, we took these people through this process we gave them everything we needed to do, and we feel confident that they'll be able to grow from here. Do they know yeah. everything? No, God's going to continue to teach them. Do they right. have everything fixed? No, but they have the knowledge and hopefully the encouragement, knowing that they've been through it, they've succeeded. What does that look like? How do you guys define that? Yeah, it is different for every client okay. because we do, as part of the process in the ongoing coaching, we do set very specific goals right. and actually agree that this is the end point. When okay. we get here, we're going to be done. Right. And so it, it it could be a mix of things. But in general, what we're looking for is uh, that you have practiced these skills to the point of uh, n- not necessarily perpetual mastery, right? But you, you get it. You can track your expenses effectively. You can make wise spending decisions. You are being more intentional with your cash flow. Mm-hmm. And as a result, your cash flow positive. That's a huge target for us is that we get someone to. And so there may be big changes like you got to move, you got to sell your car. You got, you know, those yeah. could be part of those accountability steps that they have to do because once they get to cash flow positive and they're tracking their spending well, we should be OK yeah. at that point. Right. Uh, so there's some sustainability steps we're trying to get them to. Are you actually going to be able to to continue to move forward? We don't want to let them go. Until they've proven that they they can practice these disciplines uh, repeatedly, and they've done the things that are going to become huge anchors that'll drag drag them right back down if they're not careful. So if they got to move, they got to change their situation. We need to get through that with them, and then we can let them go. No. All right. So let's talk about some key forms that you guys introduced through this. There's 90 different ways to do this if you want to. 
That's right. But there still needs to be a system. And, and whatever that system is, whether you use these forms or whether you create your own like we had to do, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you have a way that's capturing that basic information like tracking expenses, creating a cash flow plan, a debt repayment plan, building in savings. So tell us, how do you guys train coaches in this program? So we do have PDFs as part of the course. They get all the PDFs that they can download and work through. There's actually a workbook as well that helps them to kind of actually practice some of this stuff. And like you said, these are starting points. Mm-hmm. If you say, ah, we really want to have a different version of the client profile. Okay, cool. But this at least gives you a beginning place. And the key is that all of your coaches are using the same process and the same right. documents. Because right. if everybody's using a different version, it's going to be the wild west and nobody knows what's happening. Right. So the, the main piece is we have a client profile, which we would recommend would be the front end application that the church uses. And it is a heavy lift on purpose. Right. We don't want this to be something that people are kind of like, yeah, I, would, I could use some help. I don't really know what I'm doing. And, they, and then we say, well, then fill this out. And they go, no, I don't want to. Well, come on in anyway. Right? So yeah. <laughs> they need to have some skin in the game. And so the client profile is the application for coaching. It's the full like family data, their financial position, their their balance sheet, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, then we have an analysis chart that is basically kind of a checklist worksheet for the coach to be able to say, okay, what does this mean? So you get the data from the client. Now let's do some work on figuring out what that data is actually telling us. Then we have a meeting preparation worksheet that helps for that that first meeting and then ongoing meetings as well. What are the what's the agenda? What are we going to talk about? What do we need to digest? And then ultimately, what are the goals and the, the accountability steps that we're going to hold people to on the back end? Yeah, like spending that. record and spending plan. Spending record is hey, this is what I actually spent. This is the tracking of my categorization and where my dollars went. Spending plan is this is where I'm going to be spending and then you can map those, match those up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's both for the coach, but also mainly for the client to be using. If they're not using some other system, we at least give you a starting point there. Uh, debt reduction plan, this is debt snowball. How do you actually start chewing away at the debt problem? It helps really clarify for the client and for the coach Okay, if this is our debt, this is our plan of attack. How are we going to pay this off? How long is that going to take? How are we going to pay this off? How long is that going to take? And then when this is gone, what does it roll to? So that you really have a part of the mess that the client is in is that they don't have a clear priority order and they're getting pinged constantly with alerts and late notices. And so there's a lot of noise coming at them that'll actually distract them from the plan. Right. So we need to get all that noise out of the way and say, this is what you're going to do. And this is the order of of getting out of debt. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece is the client progress slash case completion. Mm -hmm. So this is the stuff we said we're going to do. Are we doing those things? And if so, are we done? Right. How do we document the progress we've made so that we can say to the client, we did what we set out to do. We're, you know, wiping our hands and we're finished with this process. Doesn't mean we can't be in relationship anymore or friends, but it does mean I'm no longer your coach unless you re-engage through the process for some other need that you have in the future. I think that's perfect. Uh, as I was thinking about the, the process that I developed when I'm doing coaching, it checked every one of those boxes. Well, any parting thoughts as we close this out, James? Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about the cost of the yeah. program and where people can go. We'll link it in the show notes, but let us know how people can take next steps. Yeah. Yep, you bet. Yeah, so the course is uh, $200, $199.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
I feel uh, better if it's under 200. Big difference. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and it is uh, all online. You go. You can go to goodsensemovement.org uh, and you can click on the uh, store and it's in there to just buy a user license. Mm-hmm. And then you can have your coaches go through when they're, you know, at their, on their time and when it makes sense for them. Right. Um, but one of the big wins is, again, getting all of those forms and resources so that the process is consistent and, and you know, going to be repeated by all the coaches once they're trained. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if there's any more information that they need, they can always find us at goodsensemovement.org. They can email me directly at James Lenhoff at goodsensemovement.org. Okay. <laughs> so maybe put a link in there because it's a long one. <laughs> I will. I will. I do think it's a great program. I've known about this, gosh, probably close to 20 years now when I first wow. got into stewardship. I went through the Dave Ramsey training. I went through the crown training, used it for a while as training coaches. I went through the good sense and then eventually created our own just because we needed to kind of update and and have our own forms. But I learned a lot from each one of them that I was able then to use in training coaches and what you guys have in there, what was there. And I know it's been revamped uh, recently. It's dead on. I mean, it's very accurate. uh, And I think it's a great resource. It's very well priced. One thing, just for clarification, James, is yep. this something a church would buy for $200 or is this something that they would need to purchase for each coach just so people have clarity? Yep. That yeah, each each instance is $200. Okay. So each Very coach, good. basically, if a coach is coming, one of the things that's interesting uh, is we've seen churches that have said, hey, we've got coaches that are interested. And a lot of times those coaches are willing to pay the $200. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we, they could have the coach pay for it if they're up for it yep. or the church picks up the cost. Yeah. Well, I think the price is more than reasonable. Like I said, I've I've been through programs that were a lot more expensive and I still found them valuable. Sure. It is an investment. I get that. And a church right. may be able to cover some of that cost, maybe not. But at no. the end of the day, you know, think about the eternal investment you're making in people. When you come into a coaching relationship with knowledge, with process already developed, uh, this is something that if a church really wants to develop their own, they can. Sure, uh, of course. I can tell you that when I first got hired and that was my responsibility, I looked everywhere. I'm like, who's done this and how to kind of learn it quickly because I was overwhelmed with how many people I was coaching at the beginning. And until we got that team uh, and our process developed and everything else, it took a couple, three years to get there. And you don't have to do all of that work. Somebody's done it for you. So uh, if this can be- If you can shortcut that, it's worth it. That's right. Yeah, I think it's worth it. So anyway, James, thanks so much for- one, for just what you do, your heart for stewardship. Love it. That's why I so enjoy our conversations. Uh, but just want to thank you and your team at Good Sense for renewing this content. I've missed it because it hasn't kind of been in the... It's been a long time. Since for a long time. So I'm right. still so grateful that you guys have brought it back, uh, that you revamped it, that it's still as good as it was and better uh, and updated. So I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah. again, thanks for your time. Always. always Absolutely. Oh, I love being here with you, Leo. Anytime. Love talking with you. And for those of you that are listening, I want to thank you so much and hope this was valuable. I hope that you've learned something from the content that we've discussed, some of the nuances of coaching, the good and the bad, and some of the things that we need to understand to just be better at this. And if you are a stewardship leader, we can help you, whether it's to connect you with Good Sense or to connect you with some of the other organizations that we're partnered with, because we at CSN really want to move stewardship and generosity forward. We want every church to have a stewardship ministry. So if we can help you do that, we would love to. But we'd also love to just come alongside you. We have a membership. It's membership.christianstewardshipnetwork.com. You can become a member. It's inexpensive. You can sign up as a church. 
at a low cost, and you can have access to not only to these resources, but so many more churches and leaders that are in the trenches doing what you're passionate and being called to do. And we'd love to come alongside and help you do that. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader.